0: learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, it's that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in health care related fields to keep you a beat ahead.
1: Welcome to America Out Loud Pulse. This is Peter R. Bregan. MD, I worked hard for that and I'm proud to announce it, despite all the naysayers on all the science we're doing with many, many other scientists. And I'm with my wife, I think.
2: Yeah, you're. I'm here, <laughs> this is Ginger Bregan.
1: Um, we've had a very busy couple of weeks. You know, I wrote about um, on our um...
2: Substack.
1: Yes, thank you, honey. Thank you. It's, okay. it's wonderful. It's wonderful at this age of eighty-seven to have uh, my. Well, oh, that's
2: okay. You'd have nothing to do with the Substack. You hand me the articles, and they go up.
1: And you write articles, and it, they go up. It's you true. Write great articles. Um, I've just put up one of my most important writings that I've done. Um, Save some of the books, of course. Um, And in this article, I connect two things. I connect um, the Pulitzer Prize, not Pulitzer Prize, the Nobel Prize being given out for lobotomy to a Portuguese brain slicer back in 1940. And so at the time I was very, very puzzled when I started taking on psychosurgeons and lobotomists and I really actually shut down almost all the programs in the Western world. Those of you who know me know well about that back in the 1970s. And I wondered, how could a man get the Nobel Prize for medicine for having involuntary patients in a state mental hospital in Portugal, opening their brains up and using an instrument that allowed him to slice the brain through in the frontal lobes with a long wire? How could they do that? It struck me as an absolute aberration. Well, we now have the Nobel Prize for Medicine going out to the people who did the most writing and research that we know of on the development of the mRNA platform. And guess what we're seeing now? We're seeing all the damaging neurologic and mental effects of the spike protein, which is given to us by the uh, biological weapon called SARS-CoV-2 and its variants, and which is then inflicted on us by the vaccines, which force our bodies to literally change what they're doing in the mitochondria and to produce spike proteins. So they're getting them into us by the disease, they're getting it into us by the so-called cure. And we have a situation in which we have to face a global assault On the Brains and Minds has been going on since the mid-1930s ferociously through psychiatry and which now is uh, taking place by the way, because all the psych drugs harm the brain, electroshock does what lobotomy does it's electrical lobotomy so that's this new article that um, I've written, Ginger's ideas are in it a great deal Um, and that's sort of captures the arc of my work from psychiatry now through with Ginger's enormous thinking and help through the COVID era. Um, This is, as I said, America Out Loud Pulse. And we are part of of a 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Time, that um, goes on America Out Loud. But you can get right to it if you just Google America Out Loud Pulse. And on Mondays, there's Marilyn Singleton, a dear person, dear friend who does, uh, who is a lawyer and a physician. On Tuesday, two more doctors, doctors Vaughn, medical docs and Stuart Tankersley, courageous freedom fighters, courageous individuals trying to just, you know, tell the truth about COVID-19, its treatment and all the issues around it. Then on Wednesday, Peter McCullough, uh, arguably the, uh, the the best known and most effective scientist who gave up really, you know, they, they threw him out of his professorships, out of his clinic, out of his journals for telling the truth about hydroxychloroquine, that if you, you know, use it early on, you won't have deaths. Then on Thursday at 5 p.m., it's Peter and Ginger braggin On Friday, Harvey Reisch, another physician uh, and a man who is now uh, emeritus at Yale and who has stood up on these issues. as probably no one else who managed to stay in the establishment until his retirement. And this goes out on podcasts on, a- on Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, Tunes, iTunes, Android, iHeart. Um, all kinds of places. Today, someone new to us, and I'm going to have uh, Ginger introduce him to us. And I've been introducing him to me and to Ginger, who has a great uh, great background within the establishment, but is a great writer. And uh, Ginger, how would you find him?
2: I found James Fitzgerald, who is from the U.K., on um, Corey's Digs, which is a a terrific website with all kinds of very important information about the globalist plans, the uh, implementation of them, uh, and so forth. And James Fitzgerald is a former Sunday Times and Financial Times journalist and public relations executive who now writes for film and television he has developed insider contacts over the years in Wall Street, military special forces, the scientific community, and the space industry. And James, uh, thank you for coming on our show today, and um, say hello.
3: Well, it's 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 an honor, and uh, it's it's nice to be here. Um, I was uh, I was just following your own work on the 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 pandemic and uh, the whole COVID scheme with uh, a lot of interest. So um, it's nice that you're taking interest in what I'm doing as well.
2: Thank you. It's really a pleasure to have you here. I would love it, and I know Peter would too, if you would dive in and uh, explain to us and the audience about your recent article in Corey's digs, which was titled... The sky's the limit for globalists' boiling earth narrative, which I believe is the green agenda that they have uh, that they promote. We would, I would love for you to, and un-
1: orbiting satellites.
2: Oh, yes, the <laughs> orbiting satellites part is very important. So uh, we would love for you to just unwind to that a bit for
3: everyone. Sure. And um, just before I go into the sort of detail of that, um, I have written in the past on. You know, space-related issues such as space debris and uh, the sort of development of the commercial explore- exploration of space and you know mining planets and that sort of stuff. So, um, but I've also um written exposes um with based on interviews with people who were involved in the Apollo missions and um, you know other NASA operations and um, let's say secret space program operations that I I wrote for the MSM but were never published. So um, with that in mind, I would, I would just say from the outset that there's a lot going on and, you know, life and industry and the, the space industry is no different. It's, it's highly compartmentalized. So, you know, people that think they know everything they often don't there's a there's a layer above them which is scientifically and uh in an, in an executive sense um even more advanced so you know we may talk about maybe focus on the this the so-called globalist agendas but from my point of view and from my experience there are transient um bodies and people involved who are not necessarily as sinister and you know some of them come across to me as quite benevolent, but you know, very influential as well. So it's worth just keeping that in mind as we, you know, discuss some of this, you know, this recent developments in terminology that it's not it doesn't seem to be all bad. And there are other forces at work that seem to be benevolent and um, let's say more mature, certainly. But they they just are still in the shadows so that hasn't quite come to the fore but um nonetheless it's worth discussing these developments in satellites and these attempts at you know interconnectedness and
1: where would you stuff. place Musk in the people you've just been describing because you you do a good job um raising issues about Elon Musk and uh, where he's taking us is does he know what he's doing?
3: Um, I think from experience the people in the public eye are they're there as you know they're the face of, of a movement they are the you know the acceptable face of it I think for must to achieve what he's achieved across the board you know payment systems uh, electric cars now now space he must have powerful financial and uh other support behind Mm. the scenes. The military, like... um, Certainly, yeah. The military are always, um, you know, they're always behind the development of these... DARPA, DARPA kind of people. Yeah, and, um, you know, you've got um, Northrop Grumman and uh, Lockheed Martin have been involved in that, you know, since post-war. So um, it's... Of course, you you also have the financial system. You've got the, the bank for bank for international settlements and various other bodies that you know um, often provide the funding for these these operations. Um, he's yeah, he's, he's he certainly seems to be sitting on the fence, and he's you know he's he's courting controversy from the the establishment, um, various governments, the. European Union, that sort of thing. So um, it's it's interesting. Um, I wouldn't want to call them out yet. I wouldn't want to, you know, um, come down one way or another, and I, you know, give them some benefit of the doubt. Um, and of course, depending what happens in a geopolitical sense, these technologies can be. Co-opted back to beneficial means. So I mean, we talk about blockchains and space and that sort of stuff. That could ultimately be a good thing. It could it could provide uh, proper privacy from governments, and it, it you know it potentially is unhackable. And if it's space based, then you know there's a there's a certain inherent safety in that as well. So I, I've come across people high up in NSA type organizations that are very knowledgeable and are involved in quantum technology, um, you know, ostensibly to serve humanity, not, you know, not necessarily to exploit it. So I just don't know yet how they, what relationship they have to, you know, the musks of this world and the Bezos and, you know, the White House and that sort of thing. So, it's uh it's a bit of a jigsaw jigsaw puzzle but um it's one where you know we're we're all attempting to put together
1: well, i th- i think that's a very interesting um examination of the larger problem <clears throat> i think probably ginger and i are coming a bit more negatively and um, well
2: i think we've focused on the negative answer. on the negative
1: and i'm glad to have you saying hey some of this is up near maybe we're going to Maybe we're going to get good stuff out of these orbiting satellites. I end
2: up feeling a little flicker of hope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for the hope. What about maybe I'll uh, help try to orient a bit? How about these lower level satellites you're talking about? Just um, and you describe very well the integration of them uh, with what is potentially very destructive control of farmland and surveillance and 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 literally burning things uh, Chief, open that
3: up for our audience if you can. Well, well, first of all, there's a there's a whole rash of terminology that's just emerged on this subject, and it, you know, even when I was asked to, to write about it, it, it kind of initially swamped me as well, and it's is off-putting. It you know, it stops you from delving in, so you get a lot of muddled terminology now coming out, and uh, as if to say, you know just leave it to the experts, don't try to understand it. Yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, you're also getting this spin, this kind of fantastical Hollywood treatment of it, like, you know, people, space tourists and, you know, flights to Mars and to the moon and this sort of mm-hmm. stuff that's, you know, romanticizes it and in a sense it, it justifies it and, you know, provides public support for it. So there's a sort of romantic side to it as well. Um of course, there's on the ground with this narrative of you know, the planet is burning and uh, from climate change um but you know these people, these these pioneers are looking for new frontiers for humanity, you know, new places to explore and colonize and all the rest of it. Um, but you know, you could go back to the Apollo missions and you could examine, the, you know the authenticity of those and how much how much was that was a staged event how much was that public relations how much you know how many missions actually did go to the moon and into space and how much was you know possibly fabricated so it's a it's a it's a PR effort it's it's uh
1: you know we don't know much about that so uh, we've heard this of course a million times. They landed in Arizona or something where they didn't take off. Give us your more insider take. We've
2: got a minute and forty seconds.
1: Oh my God, that went by surprisingly fast. <laughs> so maybe when we come back <laughs> with James Fitzgerald, you can give us maybe some insight into that. And I want to get into you know your your concepts of you know how much are there lasers uh, uh, able to attack from space and whether some of the fires and so on and and how it fits into an overall pattern of taking control over agriculture taking control over land i hear a little shyness in your voice about just laying it out there and um we'll come back now uh, in uh, a very short period of time.
0: how can you improve your odds of staying healthy disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems, and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally.
1: Welcome back with James Fitzgerald, who's been looking at the uh, issues surrounding satellites and space travel. James?
2: I wanted to clarify one thing, Uh, just to make sure that I'm understanding and our listeners are, James, when you refer to the planet as boiling, are you referring to the, um, the promotion out of the WHO and the UN about the planet overheating?
3: Is that what you're referring to? absolutely and in, in inverted commas boiling yeah. Okay. there's their terminology not not mine and not something i i buy into at all um, right
2: i i understand that i just wanted I, I haven't heard that here in the us so much as sort of the term that refers to that so i wanted to make well, sure I,
1: I thought you were in part referring perhaps some of the the possible uh you were
2: referring to do
1: <laughs> yes to the, to these direct energy uh attacks that uh, you mentioned going on as a possibility. So take take the mic and talk some more about what you
3: know. Well, um, that that's still speculation, although um, if this wasn't a radio show. I'd, I'd be showing you some pictures that would maybe, um, you know, convey matters. Well, you you know, know, probably people
1: have seen these pictures. You can talk about them and they're really... You know, you've drawn some real parallels about how they could be controlling agriculture, how they could be creating uh, opportunities to put in new cities that are 15-minute cities and so on.
2: Amongst our U.S. listening audience anyway, we have uh, heard about a lot of concern regarding Maui and a lot of discussion as to whether uh, it was uh, direct energy weapons that were used to... Uh, take advantage of any natural fire that was already occurring in terms of frying Maui just at the right places in the city. Um, so um, I think that our listeners are going to be pretty savvy about that. If you want to comment about that, we understand that there isn't hard and fast evidence, but there sure is a lot of interesting documentation as the as to the possibility uh because of the temperatures that were melting things like glass and aluminum and other materials and then not burning other things that were very close to things that burned
3: indeed but, yeah. and, and as you say it fits in with the the, the pre-existing yeah. um let's say convenient um funds for For that location which were you know they they were hosting 15-minute city um seminars there and it seems that that location was um you know pinpointed as a as a potential smart city and as you see lasers are they're operating from a light spectrum and um you you know objects in blue that weren't weren't You know harmed they survived these in you know infernal temperatures and that in itself is you know curious or if not suspicious um and of course you know island populations they're much easier to you know clear and um you know the the land space you know it's a it's an opportunity to to have a sort of um you know these pioneering projects within a contained space so it is curious that some of the the beachfront properties weren't weren't touched so you got to ask yourself you know why was that and, or how how you know realistically was that the case yes so, and, and from what i've seen uh within the talking to people within the so-called secret space programs the technologies we're discussing is is rudimentary in comparison. It's is stone age. So there is, you know, there's infinite possibilities for very advanced laser-based, so-called directed energy weapons to exist and, and to be commandeered by people with agendas. Absolutely. I mean that's you'd be naive at this stage to to think otherwise.
1: Could these be and, fired from what the low level satellites, not just airplanes?
3: Presumably. Um you know there's there's electro plasma technology um
2: would you describe tell us what that is? I don't know what that is
3: electro oh, plasma is is basically the sort of material that comes out of the sun so that can be harnessed and you know there's the the theory of the electroplasma plasma universe, which is a um a more unified cosmology. Than the sort of stuff that's pushed in universities, um, you know, there's a lot of work done by the Russians during the Cold War on um, cubic ether, uh, domain theory, and you know, revised redshift, which is you know ways of measuring distance within space. So there there are unified um, theories of cosmology out there; they're just not in the mainstream. And you can tie that into, or you can make assumptions about technology, plasma, electroplasma technology that's based on those that unified cosmology, that um you know that's particle physics. So um and I'm you know I have spoken to people in clandestine Mars missions and former um people with you know cosmic clearance who discussed you know various programs within the US administration space programs that were using very advanced technology so um i don't like to you know speak for them i would you know i'd rather Mm
0: -hmm. those people
3: spoke for themselves but i've come across them and you know i'm like everyone else just uh, trying to put pieces together you know um is is the best I best way i can so i'd say directed energy weapons absolutely i mean Yeah, they're very probably there, and if you had them, you'd want to keep them secret because that, you know, you could achieve a lot um, from a position of ignorance, insofar as the general population is concerned. Because it's, it's 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 deniable, you know. We you can just say, well, that's a conspiracy, and you you know you just point to these mundane technologies you know, big heavy satellites and this sort of stuff. And you say, well, that's as far as we've got. But, um, you know, that's a great way of pulling the wool over people's eyes by claiming the technology isn't as advanced as it actually is.
1: This is very important, what you're saying. You're giving us hints, pieces of the puzzle as you uh, speak.
2: It makes sense to me that this would be the case in space and in Uh, And 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 in um, uh, that field, because I've been looking at the nanotechnology. I've been looking at the nanotechnology also, and that's controversial. And uh, I find it incredibly potentially, uh, incredibly believable that there is nanotechnology being potentially employed into human beings through the vaccines at this point in time, as well as through other means of uh, deployment. So it's almost like opposite ends of the spectrum, the secret work being done in space and the secret work being done in the unexplored regions of human beings.
1: Of our circulatory system.
2: (laughs) Well, as well as every organ in our body, including the brain. But um, it's
3: it's possible we could have been breathing in these nano you know nanites or nanobots for you know decades it, we could be it could be sprayed on us it, 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 so, some you know if people take certain injections they're going to get it directly into their bloodstream as well so that may be i mean th- you know nanotechnology is is there it's not it's not it's beyond deniability and um in in terms of the um, weather modification and, and uh, you know the harp system the high frequency active oral research program uh, using ground-based antennas that is that's well documented now um you got you had a paper in 1996 um weather modification for the US Air Force and you would you go back as far as 1957 there were um studies for the military into weather modification. Um, so that's it's just the the details of it are, are more scarce and it's not really discussed in the in the mainstream. So you know, I think everybody has to start to become their own their own little journalist and take, you know, more responsibility for the for the sort of consensus reality, because otherwise we're just being fed, you know, and it's it's a one-way, it's a one-way street unless we start to see the agendas and see the underlying mentality it's almost like um archetypal mentalities and once you understand them you can you can get a lot of insight and you can you know it gives you it gives you um you know more of an understanding of the motives because sometimes the motives are so extreme that you you know you just dis- dismiss them um as being incredulous or just, you know, too evil or you know, too this, this or that.
2: Right. So if you build in the foundational understanding of some of these things, then you can begin to plug in uh and and grasp more fully some of the potential motives also, because you understand the technology that's being used.
3: And you and you understand who's deploying it. Yes. Right. What type, right. of, what type of people um but from from my experience there there are good and bad and there are in between you know there 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 are gray areas and you know i think there's a bit of a there's a war going on that's um between opposing forces and then the sort of critical mass is how the collective responds to these you know these clandestine operations which are becoming less less clandestine as, as, you know, social media and shows like your own and, you know, Corey's digs and so on, you know, expose the intricacies of these agendas. Um, But it it seems that these people understand that there has to be some sort of consensus for them to get away with what they want to do. So it's a a cooperative thing. So depending on how the collective respond to it, is how it will play out. And it won't necessarily be, you know, a, a bad thing. You know, we could, we can certainly turn things around and these technologies. You know, there's always a, there's always a flip side. It can be used for completely benevolent ways. So, it, but it's up to people. It's not up to just a few individuals calling it out or, you know, waving a magic wand. That's not, that's just not the way it's going to go
1: so much depends on how well people like you and I and <clears throat> hundreds of others around the world can get the information out. And that's a real, of course, very problematic, but the way you're talking about it, I think will be very interesting to our audience because you really are talking about, um, uh, th- this vague area that, that you have bigger snippets of than most people. And, um, and what you're saying is, there's much, much more than we know about. And the the way I see it is that um, that these are predators, basically. That uh, uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, and we're getting nearer and nearer to the new book being available. It's at least in parts. And and one of the the themes is that if you just look at empire building throughout time, the builders are constrained only by outside forces that is they want to dominate as much as they can and to control as much as they can whether they're Julius Caesar or, or whether they're Attila the Hun or uh, uh, whether they're Hitler or Stalin or uh, Xi Jinping right now and it used to be the geography tended to control them and uh, so that if there was a big deal you know to start it in Rome and end up in London and, uh, and Europe and, uh, and trying to control them as the Roman Empire. And of course, they always say they're doing it for the good of the world, always. They always say that. That's one of the common things. But they're actually predators who are driven by the lust for power and control and wealth, yes. But I think, it's, it, I think the character of these beasts is, <laughs> is more power and control. And now, what I'm thinking as you're talking is that that um, the space, more than anything, the the uh, technology in space has destroyed all boundaries, and and made us automatically global. So the Chinese can put up a satellite that can watch anywhere, and <laughs> uh,
2: or a balloon.
1: <laughs> uh, well they don't need a balloon when we de- they're dealing with the US now because the US is so so much in their orbit <laughs> um that they let the balloon fly over the country but they have things that are so much more than that and as uh, james fitzgerald is uh, is hinting there's just uh, much more fine tuning and uh, and development that we can um than we can imagine on i well, think I- that's <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think what they're what they're aiming for is an integrated strategy so that you have this um funding into c- the commercial side of it, which is which is um which is sort of catching up with the uh, military operations. So you have this space force that was formed under the Trump administration, and that is now taking over like missile warning capabilities, and they've created what's called a, a space fence um under companies. Lockheed Martin is is involved in that, and corrupt Uber, as
1: hell. I mean, that, those companies are so
3: corrupt. But go ahead. Well, so you know, you have these elements. Um, the more, you know, the so called secret space program, aligning with this agenda for transhumanism, which is, um, you know, brings us back down to the ground. And you know, we were talking about nanotechnology. Well. Um, Some of the devices we use can be connected to that system, and you know what they're they're known as nodes—nodes—and nodes, right? Yeah, and so if we are ingesting nanotechnology, we potentially, as as biological systems, can become nodes in that system as well. So, you know, you have a space fence up there, you have, um, you know, the commercial and military integration of all these sort of operations the, the satellites, whether it's surveillance, um, you know, communication, <laughs> communication in low orbit, um, you know, ties into potentially to the, this issue of chemtrails, you know,
1: yeah, is, yeah. You know,
3: are, they, are they spraying chemicals in order to create or to allow the conductivity for wireless communication or, you know, is it a bit of both? Is it, is it a dosing of the population as well? Is it because they have to change the nature of the clouds because the the moisture in clouds interfere with wireless technology, wireless communication at low orbit? Are they, you know, is that creating droughts as well? You can speculate, you know, quite broadly on that. So and down down on Earth we have the environment being weaponized against populations. You know, the narrative of climate change will. Uh, you know that's you know that's just being blamed on you know humans humans created it so therefore draconian measures are necessary. So you've got the you know vertical and horizontal um operations taking place and you know from what I can see with a false justification on the ground that you know humans are are entirely responsible for this you know climactic, Armageddon—it's just around the corner. But you know they've been kind of saying that for you know decades, and it it, it didn't happen before. So it, at least it leaves some suspicion for their um you know their their motives, etc.
1: This is very very interesting. We've just got a few seconds left. I want to mention that um, you know the folks looking at blood and seeing these nanoparticle. Uh, building of uh, what look like uh, receivers and broadcasters and things that can potentially be manipulated and uh, they're seeing them in everybody's blood now and what you're pointing out is it can come from something sprayed in the clouds and it can come from something in the food wow we'll be back in a a few few minutes with james fitzgerald this is peter Braggan with ginger bragging
0: We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. America Out dot news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us In the fight for liberty and justice for all, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Code out loud. Um, James Fitzgerald, this is uh,
1: very, very good to be talking with you. In your article, you talked about something that I thought was so important, which was that the World Economic Forum has an agenda that's really against agriculture. And, uh, I don't, and, you know, I think you were at least implying, and I believe, um, and for, you know, central global control over how our food is uh, developed and manufactured. And they've got these tall buildings to do it in and these farms uh, that are essentially factories. And um, I would love to hear you also just talk about that Um very much in the way you wrote about it, which is there is an ad- agenda very deeply of controlling agriculture that's occurring in many shapes and forms. And one of the big uh, uh, weapons in this is being in, being able to observe what's going on around the world from the satellites and, you know, what the emissions are from around the world and so on. Could you talk about that a little
3: bit? Or a um, lot? <laughs> Well, you well you used the word predators before I, I tend to think of it as people with an overdeveloped um, reptilian brain center they 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 seem to be um they're 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 offended by the elegance of nature and how how the natural world can you know it's sophistication and its its ability to to repair and to sustain life and I think they're kind of against life and they're against the, the beauty and the elegance of the natural world. And, you know, you, you know, you could, you know, you could even become spiritual about it. Um, But. Go ahead. ahead. You know, this there's, is where something... you can talk about
1: this stuff. Go ahead. Right. Well, it's, you,
3: I think at the, the top of the pyramid, they're, you know, these are esoteric people. So they do believe in, multi-dimensions and they do believe in God and they do believe in deities and demons and all the rest of it. But their orientation is, you know, for some reason they're angry or they're, you know, they're just ugly and they don't like beauty. So, you know, the human, the human condition and the human body is a is a magnificent creation and they want to control it and they want to subdue it. So that's, I think that's the underlying motive of these people and controlling food and um denaturing it is is just one one way of suppressing you know what what are essentially the magnificence of life whether it's animals or people and uh that seems to be it's a it's an immature but it's a recurring it's a recurring mentality we've seen it through history and it's it just seems to be the same type of people, uh, just employing more sophisticated means this time. So, um, they and they seem to be desperate this time. They seem to be running out of time. So, you know the, you know, just passing legislation to wipe out farmers, penalise them for kill livestock, livestock. You know whether it's, you know, carbon or nitrogen. But actually, when you look at carbon and you look at nitrogen, these are crucial, crucial elements in, you know, sustaining life and the life's ability to to replenish itself. So, you know, it seems kind of ridiculous, but it's amazing how many people haven't stopped to question that, and they're just sort of tagging along with the, you know, whatever the the latest buzzwords are around, you know carbon credit this or um you know whatever's spin fed to them so um yeah it's just a case they need to get a critical mass behind them or else it's not going to work so it's just a question of you know do people just some people just want to be told what to do and they they're perfectly happy to be to be you know, to join some sort of much more contained, lifeless existence. But I think, you know, the 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 general impulse of nature is not is not to be restrained, and you know, ultimately, we'll, you know, we'll we'll find a way of you know, getting a grip on it and turning it into something good.
1: What you've been saying is uh, some of the most interesting. English language I've heard in a long time, actually, James. Ginger and I think a lot about these things, and I've written a lot about the predators, the global predators. But what you're describing today, I think is a bit more subtle than anything I've written. And well, uh, I really appreciate this deeply. I want you to know that what you're saying about their basic, their, in the sense, their hatred of beauty and life, and um, you get you get more to to really uh, be close to some of these people than than we do because you've been part of the establishment. But I really I just want to honor what
3: what you've just been saying for a few minutes. And well, I think, I think people- even if you even if you I mean we've been spoon fed uh, you know Darwinism rationalism from people who were esoteric Freemasons you know Descartes and people like that were. They were into magic, they were into alchemy, and yet they were pushing, you know, highly constrained, very dogmatic, restricted worldviews in order to try and contain people and contain people who they know have souls. So, you know, we're talking now about quantum computing and artificial intelligence. Well, quantum computing is multidimensional, and the terminology used within the quantum computing sphere are, it, it they use terms like Black magic, warlocks—you know—it's all is very esoteric. It's very, you know, it's 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 there's a spiritual dimension to it, and so they know it. So we're not we're you know we're we're dealing with a an agenda that's on multiple fronts, and it's you know ultimately it's a it's a spiritual it's a spiritual endeavor as well. So quantum computing is is the bridge between the, the sort of spirituality they want and the uh the more mundane uh you know consensus reality that we've been fed in, in school and university which came from you know rationalists who weren't who who were actually esoteric alchemists so um <laughs> It's, they
1: they don't want to in on what they feel is is the magic
3: and the power, yeah. And both they're, they're you know they're using quantum computing to access those those realms and to, and in some cases, to bring to bring in some of these deities that they believe in, and but they don't they don't want you to know that. So so we have these clumsy in some cases you know um, heavy technology that they say is the cutting edge but it actually isn't there's a lot there's a lot more going on so you know we can talk about satellites and we can talk about ARP and even CERN which is in itself is a, The you know the CERN um, the CERN setup where they're they're messing around with creating portals and and black holes and there's a whole kind of ritual practice around that as well so, what was
2: what was the word you used?
3: It's CERN, C E R N. It's Oh, um, CERN, C E R N. Yeah. Thank you. That in itself is 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 um Wait a minute. You know, I, I, I,
1: I don't know what that's a reference to. Tell tell <laughs> us more. I've never I don't think I've heard the word before, unless What's it's a mean? short for serendipity or something.
3: Well, it's, no, it's it's a, it's an international organisation um, that's involved in particle physics. It's a it's national laboratory. Uh, it's inter it's an intergover- intergovernmental group. Um, it's basically it's particle physics. Uh, you know, they're they're blasting uh, protons and and various molecules at each other to um you know. Uh, create artificial black holes really so um you know some of us think that's potentially dangerous and, and some of those people believe that they're creating black holes in order to bring certain certain entities into this reality from other realities and that ties in with quantum computing quantum mechanics um particle physics mm-hmm. that's you know that's the bigger picture there and that's based in geneva ba- um,
1: of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> do you think course, someone like Bill Gates or Klaus Schwab, um do you think that they have a sense of all of this? They know all they know all this is going on and they have some spiritual connection to it?
3: I think the people in the public eye are are not the ones making the decisions. I think they're puppets because the people making the decisions just wouldn't be that foolish to put themselves and you know to uh, potentially um you know to be mm-hmm. uh, to, to take the rap for things when they go wrong or when when public opinion changes so mm-hmm. i don't i think these people are fairly unsophisticated but they do have developed egos and they're easy to you know they're easy to manipulate and you know offer someone a position and so take a uh- Bill Gates, for example, who plays such a huge role in
1: the development of the vaccines, he gets his two vaccines. I mean, his two companies, Pfizer and Moderna, they get to be the American vaccines, even though there could be a hundred competitors. Mm. Um, you think that he's still on the front man level? This is not a challenge. I mean, I really just want to know what you think. Do you think he's not
3: on? The, he's not really the powerhouse either. I see, No, I see him as a as a PR. I mean, I've come across him uh, physically in various offices. So he does go and lobby, uh, you know, all over the place. He's, you know, he's traveling, he's speaking to editors and other. Do you have
1: any, anything, I really love what you're talking about. I think this is fascinating. And my wife uh, is, is particularly going to be, be stimulated. Oh my gosh,
2: you've opened up a whole new world for me to look at.
1: (laughs) Um. Do you have any vague idea? This is, you know, we're, we're close with, um, Catherine Austin Fitz. We talked to her a lot. Do you know Catherine?
3: Yeah. I, I, I follow her on social media. I think she's yeah. very astute. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She, she's wonderful. And she, she was the first person to introduce us to banking and we don't have much in our first book about banking, but the second book, um, I've worked very hard, uh, with Catherine on my chapter on banking. And, um, She talks about Mister Global to indicate that there are people we just have no idea
3: who they are, and I think that's what you're saying too. That's absolutely what I'm saying. If I, you know, put yourself in the position of those people, and just uh, just transpose it that way, you, you, if you were pulling the strings, you just you would be invisible because that's your ultimate protection. That's your ultimate deniability. As soon as something's out in the open, it can be analyzed it can be dissected it can be challenged but you know if you're if you don't exist you don't really Mm -hmm. have any challenge but you do you know you do have layers and you do have you know puppets and you know and once you understand deep human psychology you know which people to put in front you know you know you can control them and you know what the motives Mm -hmm. are so um these you know no offence, but Bill Gates and people like that, they don't strike me as being particularly intelligent because, you know, I certainly wouldn't want to be doing what he's doing because it's a suicide mission as far as I'm concerned. That is going to blow back. And the same with, you know, Klaus Schwab as well. This is These people are... They're unsophisticated. Um, you, you saw people like them emerge during the pandemic. You know, they want to be implementing mandates. They, you know, they mm-hmm. could be my shop. It doesn't matter. They want to be pushing someone around. They want to be part of something that's yeah that's that's giving the orders. And so these people are, you know, they're just they're well financed versions of that, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, I think that is very very interesting. And you mentioned the um, the Bank of um, oh Lord, BIS. international the, settlements? Yeah, of yeah. international <laughs> yeah. settlements. Um, and I th- I don't know if that gets any closer to who it really is, although they're very, very powerful. Um, I think these speculations are really important to try to see behind the, f- the veil so that when you get to Bill Gates, you still may be looking at just, uh, you know, one more magician with a lot of money and a lot of backing.
2: One more curtain.
1: Um, one more curtain is what the image I was searching for, thank right. you.
3: Sure, but I, I think I think one way to, you know we can focus on the detail of the technology, but I think to view it as an archetypal, you know, understand the archetypes in in life, and they're universal. The you know you get them in the tarot, you know, the, the magician, the this, the that, the joker. Yes, yeah. These people, these people are there, and these these energies are operating through them. So yeah, you know, once you get a you know a handle on that, you you know, you're not gonna be so easily manipulated and you're gonna see things coming before they come. And the finance is, you know, look but look looking for the finance is 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 one big part of the puzzle. You know, you can talk about Vanguard, you can talk about BlackRock, the Bank for International Settlements, you can look at their think tanks, Council on Foreign Relations, yeah. uh, Council. You know, these these think tanks into the media and the media isn't giving anyone else voice they're just taking these people that have come through that particular sausage factory so that can all be that's all linked yes yeah this is very 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 interesting um you know it's
1: it's interesting thing about christian theology and to some extent jewish theology too it's just in order to understand this uh Long time back, they started postulating, you know, that there was a devil, and the devil had all kinds of minions, and um, you can you can see that tr- <laughs> it's just really interesting because, in a sense, that's what we're trying to fathom right now who
3: who are who, who is the source of evil. Well, if you're if you're talking in theological terms, you can say, well, you know, uh, God created the universe. With certain certain protections for people, so what some people may want to do is take technology to breach those natural orders and allow those those beings to come through into this reality. So you can speculate that you know, make, creating black holes is about that, or you can say, well, where they're going with quantum mechanics could be motivated by yeah. that. Maybe, maybe. You know maybe those entities have control of these people, and that's how they that's that's who's pulling the strings. So, yeah, in yeah. theological terms, ah. you just apply you apply that biblical perspective to and then you, yeah. you know you'll come up with a, a broader perspective as yeah. well. So,
1: well, this is a this is an amazing place to uh to end uh, what's become one of the more interesting interviews on the cutting edge of what's going on. Um,
2: You've opened up several huge doors, I think, for those of us trying to think about this. And one thing I'd like to remind our listeners of was the uh, earlier in this interview where you reminded us about the spiritual nature and the wonder of nature and the spiritual aspects, which can find a way to survive.
1: Real quick. James, where do people get in touch with you? We left that out just very quickly, please.
3: James Fitzgerald. That's a good question. I've I've kept a a very low key all my life. (laughs) and I try not to be contactable. Um, This is one of the first times I've ever agreed to an interview. I normally turn them down. Wow, thank you. you And I keep a very low... I had a sense I was gradually drawing
1: you into an interview, and I was thinking... Why is that? What, what is this process we're going through right now? That's fascinating. Thank you for honoring us. And maybe you'll be willing to do it again. I hope so. This is Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan, uh, thanking our audience for taking seriously such serious matters.